What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Totally Awesome Podcast. It's so bad, it'll make you tap out. Your host, Josh, again here, joined with The Colonist. What's up, my man? All right, WrestleMania 36. It's come, it's gone. I'm exhausted. I'm sure you are too, but <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. also excited to be able to share all of my very relevant opinions with each and every one of you. Yes, we like have we always do. the most relevant opinions of all time, and we are also right. joined in spirit by Skylar Br- uh, Greenberg, who wanted to be here but was unable to attend this review. Uh, but he did send me a bunch of notes, and I'm going to be reading them as we go along, uh, because he wanted his opinions to come across. So get um, ready for a night of belittling and slandering your opinion yes. and breaking it apart into pieces. <laughs> just, know, just know, we do this out of love, out of, Skylar. Out of love. We do this out, out of, of love. love. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to say it's hilarious how there are just as many people in attendance for this review as there was for WrestleMania. But yeah. Sometimes that's that. Hey, that means that just goes to show we yeah. may actually outlive and outperform the attendance of WrestleMania. <laughs> so if Dude, we're climbing the ladder. We're climbing the ladder. We're not even just climbing the ladder. We have now reached a peak with WWE. So when you say oh, yeah. it's relevant opinions, by God, we mean it. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, he actually had he sent me a a, a Google Doc with uh, his uh, notes. And it actually has an opening statement. Oh. Although, all right, right, I'm going to read the opening statement from your boy, Skylar. Shout out to Skylar. Hello, Joshua and Sean. Not using either of our gimmick names, which uh, already points off. Uh, (laughs) What else do we ever use? (laughs) Uh, That is true. Hope you are both doing well during these crazy times. He capitalized during. I don't know why. I'm not going to, this isn't going to turn into an, I'm an English major. I can't help it. Uh, speaking of which, I hope everyone out there is safe and okay. Please wash your hands for 20 seconds with soap and hot water. But I love washing my hands with cold water. Uh, and keep six feet away from each other. Hashtag flatten the curve. I am writing this statement due to my anger of Charlotte winning and that universal title match causing me to destroy my computer and being unable to appear so enjoy my notes. Thoughts and anger about one of the most unique WrestleManias of all time. Side note, we're going to have a fun game called the Fuck Off Vince Counter, Drinking Not Advised. It's a pretty strong opening statement there by by Skylar. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reply to that first by saying I was drinking the entire WrestleMania. <laughs> Dude. And I gotta tell you, it did help move things along a little bit. It also helped that this was two days. I hope they continue oh my God. this format. Me too. That's the best thing to come out of this idea-wise. Either yes. either have a shorter WrestleMania or cut it up into two days. I cannot yeah. with these three-day-long WrestleManias anymore. I mean, most both shows were over three and a half hours long. Yeah. Not for nothing. Yeah. I'm just saying, they have two shows worth of programming. They yeah, it's, usually show in the one show. Yeah, it's e- and, it's easier to digest. And also, I've solved this problem of the whole washing the hand things by simply just amputating my hands. <laughs> I've been using this extension of to navigate my laptop for the past several days, and it really has been effective. Big um, so brain, if you, if you're ladies really and gentlemen. Concerned, uh, just lop them off. Boom. Big Problem brain. Solved. I'm going to touch your face now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Sean, it's, you're the best. Sean, you are the best. Uh, but actually, during the show, during night one, I paused it so I can go to uh, the store to get a monster. They closed a minute before I got there. I was so pissed. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, and and now when stores are closed, they close. Oh yeah. 
you are not getting in there at all. So, night one, he actually did give a review of the pre-show match. Did you watch the pre-show? I, I caught the last end of the pre-show, heard two words of Pete Rosenberg, and muted it until the show started. <laughs> I don't blame you. Every time so, I see that man, my first words are, who is this guy? I was a little surprised that Corey Graves ended up making pre-show and not actually either any of the actual commentary teams. I know, right? I would have rather had him weird. than JBL, but, but that's I neither here nor there. But I didn't hate it either. Yeah. It was kind of nice to get a break from Corey. Hot distance makes the heart grow fonder. Yes. Uh, so he did give a review of Cesaro versus Drew. Uh, he said, So two of the best wrestlers in WWE, and we give them four minutes and 25 seconds on the pre-show in an empty arena. WTF, Vince, fuck off. Number one. Already, still an enjoyable match, and Cesaro won with a UFO. He's never done that in WWE. Please give these guys more time. It's not like you're doing anything else with the stay-at-home order. Some hot takes from Skyler here. I didn't watch I the match. I see a trend here. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of suspect that most of this first night is going to be encapsulating that, because it was kind of the way with me in not so many words, but I, I, I understand but yeah, on to the main show. I love. I enjoyed the opening video package, and I think it's kind of funny that they used the same exact opening video package on night two. But I mean, what can you do? And I really liked the opening promo, but I thought that ACDC's "For Those About to Rock" was a confusing song to put in with the pirate ships. Yeah. And the themes. What is with the it pirate theme match. of this show? I don't get the pirate theme for oh, the show. That's, uh, I'll tell you because I'm actually a fan of their sports team. Uh, Tampa Bay's uh, Tampa Bay's football team is called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I have happened oh. to be a diehard fan of, uh, for better or worse, mostly for worse. But now we have Tom Brady, so suck it. <laughs> uh, but that's why. So they was because this was going to be in Raymond James Stadium. They were going to like. They were probably going to use the pirate ship. Which they have, they have a massive pirate ship that shoots out cannons when the Bucks score a touchdown, and I'm sure they were going to use that for some of their themed spectacles. Yeah, as they always do. As you know, other than wrestling, I'm not much of a sports person. I'm very, uh, I'm very much a beta cuck. So no, it, it's oh, okay. <laughs> all right, that was not where I was thinking that at all. But Tampa Bay sports. Uh, I will always talk about the Buccaneers, but don't get me started on that. That will be a podcast for a different day, a different time, talking about a different thing. I don't even know what sport the Buccaneers do, so that shows you what I know. It's the American footballs. It's the big oh. pigskin thing. Oh, okay. So, so uh, imaginary football. Got it. Um, it's, it's what Gronk <laughs> used to do. Oh yeah. Oh, that's another thing. I don't Which get. A, I don't get Gronk. I don't get it. I will say this. I appreciated and liked. The opening part with Gronk and Mojo, I thought that for Gronk, what Gronk could have done, he did a decent job. I couldn't tell you what he is. He's a guy who likes to party. That's about it. He's like he's, he's like a football player that also has Mojo Rally's gimmick. Which is why they put them together. Personality the Mojo Rally though. Um, the, but yeah, ladies and uh, gentlemen, this was the most un-WrestleMania WrestleMania of all time. Like they should have honestly renamed the show. Because this was not WrestleMania. It just wasn't. Well, you and I both agreed from the start, and I've maintained this now after coming from this. They should have just postponed the show for fans. Oh, absolutely. They should have just had fans for this. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and now, to also to be said, that there is actually some redeeming qualities that came out of this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all, all together, and I will touch upon those. Because yeah. I have... There's 
there's two categories. As a wrestling fan, the show was abysmal. But as an entertainment fan, it had its moments. Yeah. It had some very exciting things, but a lot of these deserved and needed a crowd to survive. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to be talking about that throughout the night. So we kick things off with Twisted Bliss. Why did he... He put... Okay, I don't know if that's their name. That's Alexa's finishing move. Gosh dang it, Skylar. Get on top of it. Um, We had uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. And these are Skylar's notes. Solid match between two good tag teams. The problem with this is that it was kind of a TV match. And this is WrestleMania. He was kind of bored with it. Twisted uh, Bliss winning is cool. Again, I don't think that's their team name. But you only have two tag teams in this division. Now what? So I guess he thought it was okay. And honestly, I feel the same way. This was the first match that I watched with no crowd. And it took me a little bit to get into it because it was just weird. It was um, it was very trippy to watch up. This whole show felt like a rehearsal for WrestleMania that we were exactly. watching. It was I, so I mean, weird. That, you, you pretty much just hit the nail on the head there for me. This match, this match more than any other match on this show, but uh, on WrestleMania either night, this felt like a practice match. Mm -hmm. Like between Nikki's clapping to try and rally one, someone when there's no one to rally, all the pandering, like all the dancing from the Kabuki Warriors mm -hmm. to nobody it was like i took off points for every match where the people pandered to a crowd that wasn't there i hated people, that too i hated and there that were too people, there were people who didn't do that that immediately got more cred in my book yes i i agree uh, if th th there's this, this it was glaringly obvious that this was just somebody rehearsing a pro wrestling show and yeah if you're a wrestling fan that's infuriating yes i i could not i will say at least they. At least Oscar was as noisy as an actual crowd by herself. She was, and like on night two, Charlotte and Rhea were also screaming their lungs out. So yeah, I, I mentioned props to that. A lot. There was a lot of screaming. Yeah. To start out, I mean, it, it was, it was really, and then there was one part where I think the ref was somebody missed their cue to come break up the, t the count, yeah. and the ref had to deliberately slow down his third count, and you could because there was no crowd, you could hear him delay just that split second when you could have heard three in your head and know that wasn't like an exact count. Yeah, and I know the like, exact yeah. spot you're talking about. Kyrie was supposed to break up the pin with the uh, insane elbow to the back of Nikki Cross, but you know why she was late? You know the pose she does before doing the elbow drop? Yes. She did the pose and then did the elbow drop. And I'm just like, your opponent, your partner's getting pinned. You're about to lose the titles. Just do the elbow drop. Don't pose. And who are you pandering to? Yeah, like, you don't... Oh, my God. And I actually got frustrated watching that. This was the maddening thing about both shows, both nights. It was more evident on night one than it was night two, mm -hmm. and we'll get to that when we get to that. But it was, it was just brutal. They had a week this. to watch and edit this. Like, well, the, well, the problem is this is what happens when you've bred when you've bred a generation of wrestlers who don't know anything other than WWE's format. Yeah, and they haven't been taught to just fight each other. If there's nobody there, you just fight each other. You don't pander to nothing. But that's not, they're going to do a, a match the way WWE's format mandates they do a match, which means they're going to do the clapping at the right times yep. and look at the crowd. And you know, it's like it, it's it's no fault of the talent themselves. It, 
it's just any time that there was pandering to nothing, yeah. I was immediately taken out of the moment. Yeah. But this match was fine. Uh, Alexa Bliss won with an awful-looking Twisted Bliss. Like, she gave her a Twisted, bleg, uh, Twisted Bliss kind of on Kyrie's legs for the win. It just looked kind of awkward. But, that wasn't yeah. even as bad as the tag, like, forearm uh, electric chair that Cole called the Doomsday Device. And I'm like, get that name yeah. out of your mouth, Cole. <laughs> That's an electric chair, Cole, not a powerbomb. Yeah. It's different. That, that was not that was not the Doomsday Device made famous by the Road Warriors. That was that, that would have had to have been a much heftier clothesline and a way de- No. No, Cole. Yeah. No. You stop that. But um, the match itself was fine. It was just weird getting into it because there was no crowd, and I've never seen a show like this before. I haven't even been watching the Raws and SmackDown, so I ha- don't. I'm not used to the empty crowd. So this was my first empty crowd wrestling show Same. experience, Same. and it just took a it took a while for me to get into it. So it kind of uh, it hurt this match a little bit. I, I tried to after this to kind of see like okay if there was a crowd in attendance how would they react to this and I really do believe this would have been a hot start I think that they did they would have done a good job if the crowd had been there but because it wasn't it just it didn't do it for me there are a lot of decisions that they made on this show that I think they made because no one was there for example I 100% believe that if all if the, if the coronavirus didn't exist and this just went ahead as planned I believe that the triple threat ladder match with all the tag teams present would have kicked off the show I think that they changed the match order because uh, like from what they originally wanted to. Uh, when we get to that match, I want to talk about that match because yeah. I think that match could have gone on as advertised, mm-hmm. as a triple threat tag. And mm-hmm. we'll explain why a little bit later. But all in all, this match was was probably good, but I was so jarred by the fact there was no audience yeah. that I, all I really said was I wrote down this really could have used the crowd. That might be a theme here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sensing a theme, Sean. Yeah, it, th- sure it, was. it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It honestly wasn't bad. I would have liked it a lot more with the crowd, but they tried hard, and, and yeah. I can't fault any of them for that. Next match, uh, I don't even think I can give that much credit. Uh, we had Elias versus King Corbin, and as Skyler's notes read, piss break match. Accurate. Corbin lost on a roll-up. Dumbass of the year. I don't know if uh, we can call him the dumbass of the year given the rest of the show. Good job, Elias. Now sing me a song on why you don't do shit. Why did this go nine minutes? It could have been five. I agree. That was nine minutes? Yep. It felt like three years. It felt so long. Oh, my God. It was brutal. I said I said before the match was even over, this match could have been half as long. And I, I can't believe that only went nine minutes. Dude. That's, that's insane. Baron Corbin and Elias were on the main show while Cesaro and Drew Gulag were on the pre-show. That is None a crime. Corbin Elias feud made any sense. There was no heel. There was, I mean, Corbin was a heel. Elias was something in between. Uh, and then the crowd pandering in this was like, come on. This, yeah. is just make, this makes this ridiculous in a painful way. And then they messed up JBL's microphone so it was like three tones lower because <laughs> they couldn't get the audio levels right all night. And they... <laughs> And they did that again when they had the ring bell shot Rollins Owens here either commentator. Yeah. So it was uh, this match was just 
A snooze fest. I wrote so little on it because I just I couldn't care less. Me either. And I like Corbin. I like Corbin too, but. Uh, and like, and of course, it ended via roll up because this feud must continue because WrestleMania is the show where feuds must continue. Must continue. This was a sh- this was a show where, and the, the reaction to this whole situation was to overbook already overbooked matches. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and that's how night one went the whole night. Yeah. Um. It was. It was wrong. that match particularly was just yeah just grueling. It felt about as long as the Randy Orton Edge match was. Uh, that was long. Yes. Oh God, we'll get to that. This is a, this is going to be a long review, ladies and gentlemen. Just want to let you know because this is eighteen matches we're talking about. Jesus. This is what happens, though. I mean, they know yeah. this. This has always been. Even WrestleMania was one night. We yeah. always had massively long WrestleMania reviews. Oh yeah. But up next, I was surprised with uh, the the position of the match on the show. Um, although watching the match, I can kind of see why they put it on third. Becky Lynch defending the women's title, the Raw women's title, against Shayna Baszler. And these are Skylar's notes. So first off, these girls got 8 minutes and 30 seconds, and they got less time than Corbin and Elias. Fuck off Vince. Number two. Uh, and now Shayna Baszler lost after after her submission finish got turned into a roll-up on the big stage title match. Shayna Baszler is now female Samoa Joe. You ruined her. Fuck off Vince. Three. And where does Becky go from here? She has been champion for a year and beat everyone. I'm tired of her. I don't I don't agree with all of that, but there are some things I agree with. For example, the finish of this match sucked. Well, Skyler has been smoking crack if he thinks that this feud is over. Oh yeah. I mean, I think um, he does in general, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, we, we don't want to knock this guy, but yeah. That was it, here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I, I don't, want some I don't of what he's having. With the finish. The finish was, the, I wrote down good match until the piss in my Wheaties finish. <laughs> Which is kind of what this was. I mean, the match up to that point was was good. Uh, yeah, I it was thought, fine. Yeah, it was fine. They did that. Uh, Becky did that rock bottom on the on the apron, mm-hmm. which of course Saxton had to say it's the hardest part of the ring. Uh, I just love WWE commentary, don't you, Sean? They, I, I missed Corey Graves. Yeah, they they could have done. They did the sixteen wheeler with Becky because, of course, <laughs> to no one. <laughs> To nobody, because they're forcing the Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. Yeah. Somebody made one comparison to it, and all of a sudden, they've they think they've got the winning formula. Uh, and but just like Charlotte's copter spot, now she has to walk all the way in and around the building. Yeah. To finally get to her entrance. Yeah. Uh, and then the title intros, which were worse than usual when nobody's there. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just it's just so like I I don't mind them when there's a crowd. But who are you, like, introducing them to? There's no one there. Just have the match. Just have the title graphic and then start. I know. It makes even less sense with no crowd. This would have been the time to just have the announcer announce them while they're on their way to the ring. Absolutely. It would have saved us some time. And this finish. Like, if I... I am so sick and tired of the sleeper hold into a roll-up finishing move. The roll backwards into the pin happens every single time there's someone whose finishing move is a sleeper hold. We saw it several times with Samoa Joe. We've seen it several times with Shayna before tonight, or last night. Well, well, truthfully, I only think that 
WWE's truly invested in one of their three women's storylines. And it's not Becky and Baszler. It's I not. think it was more Charlotte and Ripley because the rest of the booking decisions were safe choices. Yeah. Were lazy choices. Just and I honestly yeah. I would give this match a thumbs up if it had any other finish. If it had any other finish and a crowd to work with, but the crowd yeah. would not have liked that finish. Oh, absolutely not. I'll tell you, the crowd would have turned on that quick. Yeah, but, um, so, all right. So, up next, okay, this is going to be a little bit controversial. I don't know how, I, I don't know what your opinion on this one is. Sami Zayn defending the Intercontinental title against Daniel Bryan. This is Skyler's opinion. So, Sami Zayn is a coward instead of an awesome wrestler that he is and has ha- and has to hide behind Cesaro and Nakamura. Also, remember when Nakamura won the Royal Rumble and faced AJ Styles for the WWE title? And Brian has to chase this coward around? I wonder if it leads to a stable war. Brian needs help. Uh, Chad Gable in question, in uh, parentheses. Not gonna happen, Skyler. I highly doubt it. Finish was cool, but I would have liked a real wrestling match between Brian and Zayn. Brian should have gone to the back and said, Fuck off, Vince. Four. I very strongly disagree. I This was one of my favorite matches on night one, not going to lie. Well, Skyler, I'm going to quote the great Jim Cornette, who was quoting the great Art Anderson, said that you must have enough cum in you to shampoo a buffalo. <laughs> because, Jesus Christ, Sean. Because, listen. Wow. You don't need to relax about this match. This, I feel like I need to take all, a shower after hearing that. First of all. Those are not my words. Just remember, that was not my words. I quoted. <laughs> and you can't blame a guy for quoting. I gave sources. Oh, that's a, that is such a line. Me. That is such a line. I love it. Uh, thank you, Art Anderson, because I will be stealing that line from now on. Uh, Gronk uh. and Mogo. Mo, Mogo. Uh, <laughs> We're losing it, ladies and gentlemen. We are deteriorating rapidly. Continue. This is what this mania has done to us. Yes. This is like our brains are literally scrambled. We're, they're leaking out of our ears. Yeah, Gronk and Mojo doing the yes chant when Daniel Bryan came down was hilarious, and I loved that because it actually brought some life into the arena. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, it, it totally added to the moment, it, but this was like the whole beginning was just a lot of unnecessary like squabbling. Mm-hmm. I thought that could they could have sped that up just a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. The time. I missed the time when Cesaro and Nakamura weren't lackeys. I know, right? Um, it's just they got too many people. That's it's the problem is WWE has so much top tier talent that when they're not used as top tier talent, it's genuinely upsetting. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and uh, I liked Sammy as the GI Sammy. Yeah, uh, that was a nice outfit. I thought this match was fine. I honestly. Uh, the one thing about an empty arena show that I think is a benefit, the things they do to each other is so much louder. Yeah, they did sound pretty stiff. They beat... Daniel Bryan beat the piss out of this man. When he got him in the corner and started yelling at him and slapping him, the first slap, I was like, oh my god. And then he slapped him even harder, and I'm just like, Jesus, dude, relax. Yeah, this, I, this is one of the few times that I actually thought that the... Uh... That Nakamura and Cesaro uh, actually helped this out a bit. Oh, yeah. And, and Gulak as well, because it just, like, as far as the noise in the building, it just gave it some life. Oh, yeah. I didn't feel like, weirdly, I didn't feel like it had life with with the first few matches, probably because they were pandering to crowds that weren't there. They didn't do that in this match. Yeah. If but... you notice, Daniel Bryan was not, <laughs> was not pandering to anybody. Yeah, because he's smart. 
and neither was Sammy. Yeah. That, that, those are two that were just coming in for the match, and Sammy wasn't going to get touched, and, you know, it, it was what it was. I actually thought that this was, as far as as far as far wrestling matches on this card, that are, that are proper wrestling matches, this was probably the best. Oh, absolutely. Just the uh, way... Night one. And another thing that they that some of the more experienced veterans of professional wrestling so there's not a crowd so what do they do for noise they add dialogue they add trash talk there was a lot of dialogue and trash talk in this match and I very much enjoyed it see I feel they probably do that all the time as well yeah you, you just can't but hear it you just can't hear it but it actually helped kind of move things along uh, in a better way it's that that was proof that they could do a wrestling style show with, with, you know, people just actually focusing on each other. Uh, it, it just the ending was a bit overbooked, for yeah. my liking. That if, was this, just... if this match was longer, in front of a crowd, and had a better finish, awesome match. This is this was honestly just a glimpse into what these two can do. Yeah, and and I think that this is far from over between these two. two. Oh, absolutely. I try and build this feud. Um, I do um, have a question. I do have a question. The new yeah. Intercontinental title belt, even though Shinsuke came out with it months ago... What are your thoughts on the new Intercontinental title belt design? If they had put that design on almost any other belt, I would have been okay with it. <laughs> I, honestly, I like it, but I like the old white strapped belt much better. Yeah, I think that they, they tried to fix like the one belt that wasn't broken. Mm -hmm. and, and so they went with that one, and I'm like, eh, it, it didn't need to be redesigned. And the gold you know? has a similar shape to the 24-7 belt, and I can't unsee that. I know, it, but it's a slightly more curved oval. Yes. The 24-7 title is a circle. The 24-7 so title is a clock. A it has to be an oval. But, um, so, all right, so, yeah, up next, um, John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso versus Kofi Kingston in a triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. These are Skyler's Notes. Fun car crash match. Kudos to everyone for the bumps they took. Some of those ladder spots look nasty, I agree. Also loved Kofi's use of the ladder, throwing it at the Uso. Also, John Morrison walked across the top rope to do a Spanish fly to Kofi. Simply magic. Interesting finish. Kofi and Jimmy Uso are both idiots. John Morrison, big brain wins. <laughs> Thank you, Skyler. Okay. Um, I enjoyed this match. Yeah. It, was, it was a fun car crash. The uh, 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 Where Kofi jumped off the ropes onto the ladder with John Morrison, turned that into a Hurricane Rana, that was insane. That was nuts. Yes. And uh, there were a lot of very creative uh, spots in this match. And I loved it when Jimmy Uso threw Kofi Kingston face first into a ladder and was like, I just flatten your face like a pancake, boy. That made me laugh. That was funny. That was very that funny. That was funny. You know, but it's cool. It's funny because like you see, you see way more of his personality if you watch like his up, up, down, down stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, I definitely recommend, if you guys want to see act, some actual personality from these people that isn't so forced and contrived like it is on WWE programming, watch some Up, Up, Down, Down, particularly the Battle of the Brands. They're now having all of their roster. They're doing a SmackDown vs. Raw 06 general manager mode, Tyler Breeze and Xavier Woods, but they're using people from the show now, and they're having those people cut actual promos about the game on the people they're feuding with. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And it's fantastic. That sounds amazing. Uh, Chad Gable particularly is wonderful. 
But um, uh, there's some quality promos on that whole thing. Jeez, it's worth the listen. Also, uh, they, Xavier Woods uh, did a video with New Legacy Inc. where they were playing Uno, and Xavier Woods was hysterical when they were doing it. So. Oh, he's funny. He's he's, he's a funny he's guy. Funny, but you know what wasn't funny? This match. I hated everything about this match. <laughs> okay. Do explain. Hear me out. First of all, how are, we, how are we having a triple threat match for tag team championships? Especially if you're going to do that malarkey with the 24-7 title the week after that, where you had 15 wrestlers come and beat down Mojo Rawley so that Gronk could win the 24-7 title. Isn't that breaking all the protocol rules that you were supposed to follow? A, and B, if you were going to do that, then why not just have the six guys have a good triple threat tag title match? You know, it's like, Put them in the right spot. Don't do it for us. Throw away 24-7 title garbage. I, I, I 100%. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. You're right. Yeah, there was no reason this had to be a triple threat match if you were going to do that spot. That made no sense at all. And why would three dudes who are mad at each other fight with a ladder match? Who would? For what reason? Except, oh, I just feel like being a masochist. Kayfabe-wise, made no sense. Thank God they went with John Morrison. That's the one thing they did right here. If the Miz had shown up, I would have rolled it, rioted. I would not have watched the match. <laughs> Just threw things at your TV and booed. Yes, I would have. I would not have, but also would not have been able to join this podcast because I would have thrown my laptop at the wall. <laughs> so then I'd be reading a whole hell of a lot of notes on this podcast. <laughs> You'd be doing two sets of notes, which yeah, is a lot. A lot. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I could not get over the idea of a singles competitors competing for a tag team title. Just, it doesn't work with my brain. I get what they were going for. As in a vacuum, just as a spot fest, it was fine. They did a bunch of crazy stuff. They're very athletic. We all know this. I'll give them credit. There was, there was some creative stuff that I wish had gotten the reaction it deserved. Oh yeah, can, can you imagine, like, if they had this planned for this match... Imagine alternate universe WrestleMania in front of a crowd with all the people that were supposed to be in the match. This would have been great. It would have been insane. Like Morrison's corkscrew looks great. Oh but yeah. But then everybody's silently selling, and you know they're silently <laughs> selling because there's nobody there. Yes. So then they just like it's very quiet as they're all like trying to sell that they're hurt, but they none of them sound like they're hurt. They're all mute. Yeah. <laughs> And then, I will say it was classy by Morrison when Kofi was going for that dive to the outside. It was classy by Morrison to drop the ladder and catch Kofi instead. Mm -hmm. I will give him credit for that. And then JBL sounded like he was a smooth jazz talk radio cell of a ladder match. Mm -hmm. Like, way to really be excited about the moment, which he clearly wasn't. Then the Spanish fly was cool. That was the, my favorite part of the match. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. My favorite part of the entire match, other than the Hurricane Rana ladder spot, which I thought was nuts... Jimmy Uso tries to hit, or whichever... I still can't tell the difference between the Usos. I don't think anyone can. When he tried to hit John Morrison in the head with a ladder, but John Morrison, like, covered up and landed in the middle of the ladder and did get hit, and he just... he just His head just perked up. He looked at the Uso. The Uso looked at him, and boop, just right in the eyes, and then he hit him with the ladder. I died. Yeah, that was good. That was hysterical. That just was good. The facial expressions, like everything. When Kofi climbed the inside of a ladder yeah, that was to cool actually too. fight Morrison, I thought that was also clever. Like again, in a vacuum, this match was awful. But if if you had gotten, if this was the match it was supposed to be, which it could have been, because they they, they did the twenty four seven throwaway crap, but they could have just kept three more the more guys in this match, 
and not had an issue. And then they go with that finish, and I'm really getting sick of this company peeing in my food. <laughs> and which is what I have written down here. And I had a bowl of pea soup thanks to these assholes. Oh, man. Because that finish was like laxatives at church. Uh, <laughs> it, it was just... It was awful. Dude, was Sean, awful. you need to do stand-up comedy or something, because I love this. Listen, I am all about... I'm all about John Morrison and Miz retaining their titles, but that was like the biggest cop-out... Mm. Of, it was just the biggest cop-out. It's like the one way you don't want to see someone win a ladder match, or unless it's a guy giving a woman the first woman's money in the bank. But let's not talk about that. Oh, God. Let's, uh, that, I, I can't believe that was three years ago, but time flies. I, and time flies, and I wish this match had flown right out of my wrestling show. This was, <laughs> this was blah. You... This was bad. This might be one of the worst ladder matches I've ever seen. No fault to the talent themselves. Just It's not even the match itself. It's everything surrounding the match. Yeah. It's, yeah. They made the, they made the best of what they could there, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I, no. Up Just next no. was probably the best thing, in my opinion. I really liked the Daniel Bryan Sami Zayn match, but I feel like the whole package. This was the best thing on night one, in my opinion. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, and these are the notes from your boy Skyler. Probably the best traditional match of the night. Uh, solid story between cocky CrossFit Jesus and self-aware family man. First half was kind of boring until the DQ. Loved Owens calling out Rollins. He was a coward and getting Rollins to go or another round. Jesus, the grammar of this. DQ made things more interesting. Loved the finish and hopefully Owens can move forward. Disappointed about Kevin Owens not doing a jump off the pirate ship at Raymond James Stadium, especially since he gave an interview where he said he wanted to do a spot from it. Maybe he can do it in Miami uh, 30, at uh, Mania 38. Uh, I, Miami, good lord. I am sure they're going to go back to do a proper Mania in, ta in Tampa Bay. Um... Uh, aside from the grammar, I very much agree. I, I, I the here's the, okay. This match was great. Then it was ruined. Then they tried to salvage it, and then it ended up just okay. I and That's, I I messaged you when he did when he hit him in the head with a ring bell for the DQ. I'm just, I was just like, why? <laughs> just why? That's exactly what I said. I was just like, what? I was uh, what? And then Kevin Owens is apparently also the booker. I know that. And I was just like, so he could just ma he just magically has managerial powers and can restart the match and add different rules. I'm just like this. Just, just. <sighs> that's the kind of stuff that's just like it's the stupid plot hole in you know just continuity yeah. errors like that that are so painfully obvious. Mm -hmm. Other than that, the hell out of me. Other than that, it was fine. But uh, Rollins' <laughs> intro with the burn it down yes. is not the same without the fans. Yes. Um. Although, uh, as I, as a Christian, him being an evil Jesus wrestler character, I think is hilarious. I think it's great. I, I think he's given in to the CrossFit Jesus meme. Oh, he's absolutely. Just become the CrossFit Jesus meme. Oh yeah, he's the Cross dude. His his heel nickname should be the CrossFit Antichrist. Dude, uh, that would be awesome. God. That would be uh, awesome. That's the edgy inner 13-year-old talking right now, ladies and gentlemen. But um, yeah. And another thing I will say, like uh, everything they do to each other sounds more violent with no crowd. Yep. These chair shots. Yeah, they, they were rough. Just the echo across the building. Just yeah. spine tingling. 
Well, and and these two were doing great. They both obviously have a great chemistry, which oh, yeah. that's probably since the Ring of Honor days. Uh, that Falcon Arrow on the apron, though. Oh man, he bounced like a basketball. Brutal. Remember, Sean, it's the hardest part of the ring. Yeah, we know. And judging by <laughs> Byron Sexton's tuxedo that night, he has obviously been hit on it a few times. <laughs> Because whatever that silver paisley was to impress... Who was he impressing? Who was Byron Saxton wearing that for? I don't know. Like, just wear a regular tux, man. Things are going rough enough as it is. He wants don't to be interesting. He wants to be, he wants to be noticed, man. And, and full, full statement, full disclosure. I like Byron Saxton when he's cutting promos, but on commentary, he's insufferable. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, there's a reason why Corey Graves hates him in kayfabe, and probably in real life. Who could blame him? Uh, but another thing I loved is when the, Kevin Owens did the elbow drop from the sign, which looked brutal. Looked like it sucked. Pop oh yeah. Uh, I loved Seth Rollins's groaning. That that was some really good, like guttural, Rollins, just. Rollins oh. gave birth. <laughs> yes, he did. And somewhere there was a little baby CrossFit Jesus. Dude, Kevin Owens' elbow. Kevin Owens' elbow went into Seth Rollins' stomach and the baby came flying out because of yeah, that. Yeah, and, and somewhere on the Titantron <laughs> is a little tiny CrossFit Jesus baby shape that had to like, <laughs> scrape off with a spatula. It's still alive, obviously. Oh, yeah. But, but it was... Uh, and the right yeah. person won. Yeah, and, and the right person went... Here was the other thing, though. It's like, when Seth Rollins, when, when he was taunted into going back, right? Mm -hmm. And and Owens taunting Rollins. He could taunt Rollins, but if he really wanted to kick his ass, just go over there and kick his ass. I know. Don't wait for Rollins to come back. If you really wanted to fight him in, the, in what was allegedly some sort of blood feud, just go grab his ass. But he had to use like, his managerial... Uh, powers right. to he restart the match. He had to use his stroke in the company. He had to use his, uh, yes. his one night of having the book yes. to make sure that he overbooked this match. Uh, this, this whole, if you had skipped that whole first finish BS, this would have been great. Oh, yeah. It ended up okay. I just, I just didn't care for the disqualification. Oh, God. That. I feel like that could have just been left out of it altogether, and I would have really enjoyed this match. I don't even want to talk about the next one. We have uh, Goldberg. Heyman, by the way, before we do, uh, that 24-7 bit was very cringe. Uh, it always is. came up, and then Mojo won. That was cringe. And then uh, and then Paul Heyman cuts a fantastic promo uh, with Charlie Caruso, and Charlie's saying, oh, Bro Brock Lesnar's afraid, and Paul Heyman's afraid, and Charlie's outfit made me afraid because it was like this lime green turtleneck. <laughs> I'm like, and in the same way of Byron Saxon, I'm like, Charlie, what are you, why? Of all the days on WrestleMania, why did you choose a yellow lime green turtleneck? I, I don't know why I was so obsessed with fashion on this show. It was, <laughs> it was very glaring that this was something that needed to be addressed. Oh, yeah. And if it's got to be me, it's got to be me. I, I did like that Paul Heyman scared her from behind. I thought that was a nice touch, but... Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Charlie in general because I think she's very condescending. And I just think she doesn't really get anybody over. This is gonna sound a little problematic. I think she looks weird. I just that's all I'm gonna say. She does. <laughs> I, I understand what you mean. Anyway, I what you mean. can we talk about literally anything else other than this next match? 
Oh, come on. We can make it even quicker than the match was. <sighs> we have Goldberg defending the WWE Universal Championship against Braun Strowman. Match with practically no build. And notes from Skyler. And I quote, This match sucked ass crack. I agree. Braun is limited and Goldberg is old. They only did two moves, WTF. I know Roman pulled out for his health and safety, but are we also sure he didn't pull out for his reputation? <laughs> because yes, there, there is no way I would ever want to... There's no way I would ever want to associate myself with Goldberg. Braun wins, yay, question mark. It was only two minutes long, thank God. Fuck off Vince, fuck off Vince, fuck off Vince. Five, six, seven. Okay, first of all, I don't trust this guy's count because he said that three times over one match rather than having additional points to make. So I'm going to count that as five, sir. Okay. You can't just say it three times and add it to the counter. That's not how this works. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, this looked more exposed here than William Regal than his match with Regal. Uh, this, thank God, Braun won. Uh, the only thing I've got good to say about two things I got good to say about this match. Uh, it's better to have two guys doing two moves than two guys doing one move, as we would have gotten with Goldberg and Reigns, because it would have been three spears from Goldberg, four spears from Reigns, and maybe a Superman punch. I uh, never want to see Goldberg in a ring again. I love Goldberg. He was great once. Just stop it, man. Like, Just stop. I can't take it anymore. They sacrificed the Fiend's championship reign for this. Hey, good for Braun. It's criminal what they did to him before as far as how over he was. I mean... I know you've, ne I know you've never liked him. Honestly, even then... At at that crown that god awful crown jewel show that night he should have won and when he yes. didn't I was like why for this to make this match in this moment feel more special as he panders to nobody the WWE Universal Championship is the worst world heavyweight title wor the worst world title in I've ever seen in any well, wrestling company it's well, abysmal. It is. And and I would have accepted the Intercontinental design for the Universal title <sighs> rather than just having a WWE logo. I know they're doing it for brand recognition, but... But it's blue! I'm sorry, I'm just angry. I understand. <laughs> and this, this is what night one was. It was a lot of anger and frustration. This was a throwaway match, but still, when it comes to actual pro wrestling, this is probably still the piece, best piece of business on the show. It got Goldberg out of there. It got brought a world title. I... I'm the gonna, match wasn't going to be anything more than that anyway. I'm honestly, in the future, going to do a video about how shit the Universal title is. How it's the worst world title ever. But that's something for another day. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm motivated by hatred it, at this point, Sean. The first match for it was so good that the audience shat on it the whole time because <laughs> it felt like bad. When the first match for your title, people are booing the belt itself. That's not a good sign. Yeah. It's, uh... It hasn't gotten better with the blue. Just, just get a regular. Just to get a new design for it. It's just relaunch. It can't be that hard for somebody to make a custom. If you can make a seven thousand dollar impersonation of the fiend's fucking face <laughs> to put on a belt, you could give us a decent wrestling title belt. Relaunch <laughs> the belt. Rename the belt. Redesign the belt, or just bring the big gold belt back. At this point, I'll take anything. I'll take Jeff Hardy's ugly, stupid title belt from TNA over this piece of garbage, because at least it's hideous, but it's interesting to look at. 
Well, you could bury it along with AJ Styles. Oh, speaking of which, our main event event for night one, and uh, this is the notes from Skylar. AJ Styles versus Undertaker in a Boneyard match. I am sports entertained. Shut up, Joshua. (laughs) Thanks, Skylar. Okay. Because he knows... That's a very weird call-out. He knows... That's because he knows my opinion of this match. I already told him that I didn't like it. Uh... For real, probably the best part of the night. I disagree. AJ showing up in a hearse was great. Undertaker with Metallica on his motorcycle as Biker Taker, wonderful. Slightly disappointed no dead man no dead man walking theme. The lyrics would have worked. Probably the best thing Taker's done in years. I disagree. Enjoyable smack talk and spots. Kudos to OC for taking those bumps. AJ was great as always. Taker should retire. I agree. But if he does not, only do more Boneyard matches. Please, for the love of God, no. Hopefully we get more of these Lucha Underground style matches... Yeah, so if you're wondering why the random call-out, it's because me and him discussed this. I did not if like I'm this. Disgust, he means full-fledged frontal lobe rage. Oh, yeah. Like, neither of them even knew what they were talking about, like, deadpan screaming at each other. Oh, yeah. There's a recording of this. I'm going to upload to Worldstar. Dude, me and uh, Skylar would have the just most hateful, angry sex you've ever seen in your life. Anyway, uh... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to move right along. <laughs> along. Uh... I, you I, go first, all right. and then I will tell you what I felt. I did. I, I will give full credit. AJ and The Undertaker were entertaining. However, this is not a match. This was a movie. If I want to watch a movie, I would put in a movie. I would look up a movie. I would watch a movie. This was not my cup of tea. That That's pretty restrained for you normally. You've given... You've, I thought you were gonna have some more anger to let out. I mean, I I mean, it was it was fine as a segment. It was fine. It's just not something I'm interested in. No, I I completely understand that. Okay, this I didn't is, hate this it. Is, this is what happened with me, right? I saw that we were gonna go to a cinema, like a relocation, and I said, okay, I've got to shut off in my brain the fact that this was a wrestling show, because we are no, this is no longer a wrestling show. This is now entertainment land. <clears throat> And so I, I deliberately left the idea and the concept of pro wrestling behind to give this an open mind with the characters of AJ Styles and The Undertaker. And with that said, I, had, I ended up having fun. I ended up having I don't... I think it was better than potentially seeing Undertaker wrestle a match. I would agree. I, I would agree. The, uh, uh, and I know that, and especially because he's doing this thing where he wants his last match to really be a momentous last match. Uh, he's doing this thing on the network, some docu docu series. Uh, I I agree with Skyler. They should have had you gonna pay on on this. It would have made it so much better. Um, it, the thing is, I didn't like the camera work. Me either. That's another I, thing. Too I many thought, camera cuts. It was too many camera cuts. They did a lot of, like, very, like, wide panoramics of, like, The Undertaker. Like, it was still a close-up shot of, like, The Undertaker's head, but it was all the way around from one side to the other. And they did that, like, 10 or 11 times. And they played way too much background music. I thought the background music was, like, if the guys at South Park had done a wrestling-themed movie. And it it really was it was hilarious cuz it was like it, like you said it was so over the top silly it was very silly and which, which infuriated the wrestling fan in me 
Because the wrestling fan in me, well, hey, the wrestling fan in me would not have had this whole WrestleMania to begin with, but same. Uh, but the wrestling fan in me was like, this is an absolute insult to have on a wrestling show because it's not wrestling; it's it's a movie, mm-hmm. you know. And it's everybody was using all night like gratuitous use of the word bitch. <laughs> all night, people were bitching. Yes, very and, much so. And I thought that that was like a little over the top. They did it again all night here. Uh, although I will say that the punches and the and the actual brawling looked more legit than any of the pro wrestling we had seen up to that point. That is true. That is true. Uh, it's purely <laughs> it's that's just props to the Undertaker. I mean, it was uh, and Biker Taker and honestly, a Biker Taker. I think that I agree with both of you. Taker should retire at this point, and it looks like he's going to, but not without having some fun first. I love the guy, but the dude's a cockroach. He's never going to go away. As an enter- as entertainment alone, this was fun. But I'm glad that they put this on last all night. Because if you had tried to, and we'll talk about this in night two, oh, yeah. when you do a movie and then try to, that makes it fun and a mockery of professional wrestling, and then you try to go back to legitimate professional wrestling, it just doesn't work because you've it's, just shown it's, everybody it's culture that it's shock. professional wrestling. It's culture shock. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's, it was, the, and then when Undertaker chokeslam AJ, like, through the deck, and, like, way too much of the deck crashed as well, like, AJ was one small part of it, and then, like, 24 feet of deck was also broken. I'm like, there's no way he broke that entire thing in that one fall. I will say, Undertaker's selling in this was phenomenal. It was. The, like... and, and I heard that this was also... Uh, completely improved by AJ and Taker as far as all the dialogue is concerned. I mean, they're talented enough for it. doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and, and honestly, this does make Taker, in a weird way, look a little bit better than he did in his last couple of matches. Well, that's because... In a weird way. That's because this Boneyard match wasn't against Goldberg. Well, I wouldn't even call it a match. Yeah, well, this is a Boneyard true. spectacle. Yes. And, or an event. Because it wasn't a match, and I will not, and I will say this when we talk about Cena and Wyatt, I refuse to call the, those matches. They were events. Yes. They were entertainment events from world entertainment that has that other W word in the middle of it sometimes. Yeah, every once in a while. When they remember that they're a wrestling company, or supposed to be. Yeah. So, uh, Skylar's notes for uh, night one. Night one recap, solid night, although I only really enjoyed the men's tag title ladder match. Owens versus Rollins and the Boneyard match could have been better, six out of ten. Uh, I, he actually thought it better than I did. I also, before we leave that Taker AJ thing, I thought AJ was really funny when he was looking up the Taker going, don't bury me. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought that was fun. I thought that, that WWE throwing back the IWC in its face all weekend was some of the funniest stuff yeah, that they did Yeah, it was so night. funny. Uh, it, and it was, uh, it made me think, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that part later. Tonight was rough. This Day was, one was rough. Night I mean, one was so janky. It was really rough. It yeah. had a surprisingly outside-the-box ending, yeah. but it was still mostly ass without a crowd. I, I So I gave this a Brett-certified 4 out of 10. I honestly... I'm not... I'm For the first time ever, I'm not going to give a ranking for any of WrestleMania because... It's true. I don't know how to. 
for it's, this. It's hard because it's going to be, it's always inevitably going to be in a league all of its own. Yeah. Because of the circumstances involved. But I, I, I tried to, as a, the ratings were kind of hard for me, and, and we'll talk about that at the end too. I, at the time, I predicted last week, for those of you who listen to the Court Martial Podcast, that this might just be the worst WrestleMania ever. And I think in some ways, as a wrestling show, it was. And night one was way more evidence of that than night two. But with that said, let's move on to night two. Night two, ladies and gentlemen, and starting with Skylar's notes, Liv Morgan versus Natalia. I honestly didn't even know that was a match. Uh, Liv Morgan... Yes, <laughs> some for some reason. Liv, oh. Liv Morgan won with a roll-up, nothing match, bleh. Okay, I, I <laughs> didn't even know that match even took place. Me either, until just now. <laughs> so, good job, Liv. Wait, wait a... Okay. Uh, Alright, so we kicked off the show with probably the best in-ring work of the weekend. Rhea Ripley defending the NXT Championship, the NXT Women's Championship, against Charlotte Flair to kick off night two. These are Skylar's notes. Probably the best traditional match of the night, well, of the weekend. Enjoyed the match and story about Rhea trying to find a way to get past Charlotte while Charlotte worked Rhea's knee. Great submission-based match, but why have Charlotte win? What's the point? She's going to have fresh matchups in NXT, but who takes the title off of her? And now what does Rhea Ripley do? Also, Charlotte has how many titles now? Fuck off Vince, eight. Oh, right. No, that's six. Skyler, I'm deducting two. You're not gonna get away with that for me. You think you sneaky, but you ain't Skyler. Yeah, you 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 gonna learn maths today. Yes. Um, there was more pandering to nobody in this one that, and at the very beginning, took me out of the moment. Gronk's opening thing was way less good than it was in night one. Uh, it felt a lot more out of steam. I it wasn't sure. It took a minute for them to establish who was heel and who was babyface in this match. And that, and that was my first thing. It felt like moves just to start. Uh, and then why start with a finisher that's been protected? I with, don't know. With the riptide. That Did, can made you, no sense. They got me for a second because when she hit the riptide, I thought that was it. Can you imagine if Rhea immediately pinned Charlotte? That would have been that would have been cool. That would have been, been insane. Been a way to get somebody over and honestly would have started the show really hot. Oh, absolutely. But of course, they win another. 10 minutes and honestly it was a good match i enjoyed what they did and then and then i don't want to say the wrong person won charlotte i don't hate charlotte i just don't care she doesn't interest me i okay this i i agree with almost everything there i thought that the vocal selling between charlotte and ripley if you would shut the tv off and it just heard the audio you would have thought it was a different kind of video Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, now I need uh, to take a cold shower. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Now, uh, that, that might actually cause Skyler to lose some of that cum that he's shipping at Buffalo. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my I'm God. I'm determined in this match that I don't like when people... And wrestlers do the hook of the leg, but their back is pressed against the guy's chest when they're going for the pin, rather than actually covering, like, chest to chest. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, when you do a traditional cover and you, like, you hook the arm and you hook the leg and you're pressed and you really press down, as opposed to just leaning on the back of them and hooking the leg that way, I don't feel like it looks as good. It doesn't look like you're trying to beat them as much. You know, it looks like, it, it feels to me like you're rushing it. I know that's like a really small detail, yeah, but it yeah. was really obvious with Rhea Ripley 
here, and I think she's great. It's just something that I've, I've been catching more and more, especially now that I've been watching old territory stuff. Uh, uh, I think her, slap, her slapping the knee was great. Yeah. So it's like, get the perk up, you damn stupid knee! I thought that was good. <laughs> I also really liked how a lot of people pointed this out on Twitter. Twitter loved the finish of this match, by the, by the way, as you could probably imagine. Uh, she was dressed up as Vegeta. Uh, during this match. Some nice cosplay from Rhea Ripley, uh, which makes me even more sad that she lost. Vegeta should always win, even though... Actually, in the show, Vegeta hardly ever wins. So ever win. So, he's, it makes sense. Vegeta is a big talker, <laughs> but he's more like Jim Cornette. Yeah. Uh, but, um... I honestly... I, who... I, the reason why he did this is to bring more eyes to NXT to overtake yes. AEW. That's the only yes. reason why. Yes. Question. Who is honestly going to switch from AEW to NXT to watch Charlotte? Charlotte is probably one reason why some people are watching AEW instead of WWE. And moreover, who's jumping from Raw and SmackDown to watch Charlotte? Yeah. Who's going to jump from their own audience she, to go and check that out? Just it's because like, you drench her in championships, that doesn't mean she's interesting or fun to watch. However... I will say that with some level of mainstream appeal, and because she does put on matches of good technical quality, I think that she will have a good run in NXT until she eventually drops it to Bianca Belair. Which is where they teased that feud for a while, especially when Ripley and Belair were having their feud before TakeOver. If Charlotte, so I, if Charlotte bumps NXT's ratings, I don't understand how the world works anymore, because I just don't see it. Well... I, I think only time will tell, but I am interested in the Bianca-Charlotte match, pending that Bianca actually wins it. Uh, but yeah, which um, I would assume they would have to give... They're going to give it to whoever the next real up-and-coming woman is, whoever beats Charlotte in NXT. And if that means that Rhea Ripley is obviously... I think that, that this feud is not over either, but it also means Rhea Ripley can go on to bigger things, Yeah, which I think that that title <clears throat> eventually was going to hinder her from. Dude, if uh, uh, Rhea Ripley eventually takes the title off Becky Lynch, I'll be happy. You know, you never know. You know, I, I honestly, I don't mind Charlotte winning this because I think it leaves more people more options. Yeah, uh, it would have been, it would have been nice. Things up a little bit. It would have been nice if Rhea won, but it, I'm not gonna lose sleep over Charlotte winning. Although I, although it is just, I mean, what can you do? Well, but here's one of the things I notice about this particular day. The outcomes of these matches were greatly benefited from the fact that there were no fans there. Yeah, I know because, what you mean. I know what you mean. Because if the fans had been there, they would have booed this out of the building. Oh, absolutely. And it would have soured everybody from the start, and it would have made the next match feel like a turd in a picnic basket. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of that next match, Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. These are Skyler's notes. And he immediately starts it with... Black on black violence. Bobby. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> that is racist. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Skyler, what am I going to do with you? I don't, I don't know. I... <sighs> Bobby Lashley's an idiot, that is all. That's literally all. That, those, two, those three sentences. Okay. I, I, I don't even know what to say after that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, but he's well, wrong. Disclaimer, the opinions of Scarlett Greenberg are purely his own and don't reflect the opinions of those representative at the Totally Awesome Court Martial Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the need to disclaim this. <laughs> So, oh my god. Thing, before I talk about this match, I had one last thing with Charlotte versus Ripley. Oh. And wouldn't it have been so much cooler if around, if Ripley had just passed out from the pain? I know. But no, everyone has to tap out to the queen, Sean. I know. I'm just saying, okay, I thought this match was actually much better than expected. Oh, I, I agree. I really liked this match, actually. Dude, that belly-to-belly suplex on the floor was awesome was insane. I thought that Bobby Lashley looked so much better in tights than he ever did in trunks. Uh, they've obviously got some level of faith in Aleister Black, considering that they've been doing nothing but building him since he debuted, although as weird as his debut's been. Uh, I think Bobby being on the main show is great. Uh, hey, Triple H and Kane, take notes on that neckbreaker, will ya? <laughs> That's a nice ref. If you have not been listening to the Court Martial podcast, you would not get that reference and you should be ashamed of yourself. But anyway, should, yeah, it was what was it last week that we did that we talked about that match? Uh, it was about uh, a week, a week and a half ago. Last week, week and a half ago. But uh, the Court Martial podcast fans will understand what I'm talking about oh, yeah. there. Uh, um, this is one of the better Bobby showings I think since he's come back. Yeah, and I loved Alistair Black's attire. It looked really cool. It looked very cool. Uh, I think <laughs> I thought Bobby looked powerful and dominant, and he showcased he could still do some good stuff. Uh, this was one of the better Bobby looked matches. I thought Lana's scream when Bobby was getting pinned was hilarious. <laughs> I don't. Was, I honestly don't know how to react to the finish of this match. I liked it. I honestly liked it because I think that Bobby Lashley looked good even in defeat because of all the power moves he was doing and the way Aleister Black was selling that he was getting hurt. But it also showed that Aleister Black can hit you with the black mass at any moment. It keeps uh, Aleister Black looking strong. I thought Bobby Lashley looked pretty strong. I thought this was a pretty good piece of business all around. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it probably benefited from having no crowd because if this was in front of a crowd since it had no build, it probably would have died a death. It would have. It was. It was already going to be dead after Charlotte won. Yes. And then this match would have had zero reaction. Nobody would have said a thing. So, so this yeah. This is another one that very much benefited from being in a vacuum. That's that's depressing to think about. The only way you can have a a, a good match is if no one watches it. That's depressing. A bit of a shame because I think both of those guys showed showed how good they they really are. And again. WWE's roster is just full of very high class quality talent mm-hmm. that you can't push all at once. Yeah. It's like, it, it's tough and it makes people look like jackasses that don't deserve to look like jackasses. All right. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, one of the better things on night two, although I do have a controversial opinion on it um, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. These are Skylar's notes. You know what? They have told a long-term story with a good payoff. Not everyone's cup of tea, but I enjoyed Otis throughout the story, and I'll be damned if he did fantastic. Sleazebag Ziggler, perfect character. Mandy Rose didn't bre- uh, break anyone's hearts. Now she is their manager. Should be interesting. Uh, I thought the match was fine, and I loved the ending. I I, I, me- I messaged you, you this. I do not like these love, romantic, love triangle storylines. They're just not my cup of tea. I have not enjoyed the build to this. Uh, but I did like the ending, and I did like the payoff. 
Well, I thought it was kind of weird that Sonya Deville was accompanying Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. After all of that, because wouldn't Sonya want to be like in the back? Or I, I, it just, I, I didn't understand why she was out there. Like I, like I, they obviously showed the video package, but it still wouldn't explain why she's now siding with Ziggler in the ring. It just made them look like they made a deal, and then Mandy could be upset about that. I, I don't know. It just, it was, it was weird. But why would you not start this match hot? I've... Why would you not just, if you were Otis, why would you not just go barreling out at Dolph Ziggler if you've been trying to get your hands on him for months? Because they've got to wrestle. They've got to wrestle, Sean. But I, but they charged him anyway <laughs> when the bell rang. <laughs> it's like, just, just start the match high. I'm honestly just... stunned they had him win. I'm not going to uh, lie. But they can't help but have Ziggler lose. And I love JBL, who tried his absolute damnedest to be like, oh my god, Otis just beat a two-time world heavyweight champion. I'm like, it's Dolph fucking Ziggler, JBL. Yeah, <laughs> like... This does not win. <laughs> He's made a career of losing. Uh, but JBL, I will say, also, uh, had, he had his dumb moments, but his funny moments in this one. Like, JBL said, uh, he said something like how Manny Rose dumped uh, Otis, which wasn't what happened because it was Ziggler in the text, but it's like, you can't be dumped if you never had the date to begin with, JBL. And then, JBL is like, could, could you imagine if a girl like Mandy Rose actually went for a guy like Otis? Peter would step in. <laughs> that was a pretty good line. And I thought that was a good line. I thought that was... That was My... My favorite line was when they was talking about the camera showing what uh, Sonya was doing. I was like, oh, that's just CGI. That's fake news. I, that, I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. He was, for this match particularly, he was funny. He had some funny moments. But there were some things I didn't like about this match. I thought overall it was fine. But like the Irish whip into the turnbuckle where Dolph went chest first, that looked brutal. Yeah. He's very good at um, going clavicle first into the turnbuckle. But, but at the same time, uh, Otis does a belly hump hulk up. To like, no crowd. To no crowd. And I'm like, that that took takes me out of the moment. So, like, how is that actually helping you up? And then, at the end, when this guy who's been trying to have, who has a personal vendetta, who's been, who we've been told is a personal vendetta to this golf Ziggler, is just going, like, the Kool-Aid guy is like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like, that, no, no, you should just fight him. He's honestly like built angry. like the Kool-Aid guy, not going to lie. Act like you're angry, but he didn't act like he angry. He acted like a goof, and he didn't act to act like a goof. And this would have sold it a lot better for me. But it would have been over with the crowd, but the kiss was god-awful. <laughs> hey, those two don't got no-none chemistry. I uh, wonder how much money they paid Mandy Rose to have her kiss Otis. I'm very curious. Not saying anything maybe, against Otis, but... Maybe she wanted to. It just—it looked awkward. You want to—you want to know what I—the the first thing that came out of my mouth when they went back when he carried her backstage. The first thing I said when they cut to black was, and then Otis took her backstage and destroyed her. Yeah, I was gonna say, I hope she has a back pillow. <laughs> yeah, I hope she has a spare back laying somewhere, like a spare transplant spine somewhere. Oh. God forbid she would need to have multiple neck surgeries. Uh, she's going to get what one hell of a caterpillar. was competing in the last man standing match. <laughs> and it's not, there's nothing like a good segue. As oh, yeah. Beautiful segue. Alright, so up next was Edge versus Randy Orton last man standing. 
Skyler says, so Edge and Randy Orton had by far the best build of any storyline in years. It was a good storyline, but I don't know if I'd go that far. Nearly perfect to the point where the match would not matter. Don't know if I agree with that. But why did you give these guys 36 minutes? Could have shaved off about 10-15 minutes. I absolutely agree. This, I, th They may still be wrestling as we speak. At some point, I uh, at some point I started checking the time and tuning it out. Still, that finish was great, good match, but needed to act some time for other matches. I loved the way this match started, with Randy Orton pretending to be the cameraman sliding in with the RKO. I loved that. That was great. Edge didn't pander. Yes, n I don't think either of them did. But, um, no, they didn't, because they knew that this was a serious fight. That mm -hmm. They knew what they were doing and had to face each other. Um, but then they went backstage into the weight area, and that's where uh, Randy Orton tried to hang Edge with... Uh, weight equipment uh, a couple weeks after the Benoit documentary, so wonderful timing, guys. Lovely. Uh, d I, I was, and it wasn't just me. Like People all over Twitter was like, yeah, that, I got a little uncomfortable watching that one part. Uh, so, part of yeah. me thinks that that was deliberate. <sighs> I mean, that's probably Orton just trying to get a laugh and trying to troll people. Uh, I... I, I thought it was a little tasteless not gonna lie but it, di it didn't take me out of the moment i was just like eh, i probably wouldn't have done that I after that though after that was pretty good though oh yeah yeah it was and then edge did a weird uh weird like swinging senton thing onto a chair which probably did more damage to his dick than randy orton's chest mm. that's a weird sentence uh and after that they should have just gone to the finish but then they went another three days well, then they thank you WWE for giving us a comprehensive tour of the performance center while you're having this match. This because went that's what on. This match was. And this match on. was come look at our brilliant inside of the performance center as two of our finest wrestlers battled in it. Oh, here's our conference room. Watch as you could drop an elbow in the center if you don't like it. Ah, now let's make our way over to the weight room. Ah, here's our storage facility where we carry all our ladders and all of our extra equipment. Ah, you want a truck? Here's a truck. You want a big truck with a flat point in it, which is a trailer where we carry all our rings? That's where we're going to end the match. I hope you enjoyed this tour. <laughs> you that may now the exit the ride. Yeah. <sighs> Please, one concerto later. <laughs> uh, Keep your hands and feet inside the concerto at all times so it doesn't yeah. actually kill you. Um, <laughs> this went on and on and on and on. Although I will say I liked the ceiling elbow drop uh, where Edge was climbing on above the table. I thought that was cool. I thought that the DDT on the truck, I thought that was cool. And I loved the finish. Good. They could have cut off 10 minutes of this match and it would have made the wor a world of difference. This just well, dragged. That was my big problem. That's my, been my biggest problem with Orton lately. Because I've seen a couple hype-ups. Back when you were allowed to go to the gym, I would go on Monday nights and I'd catch a little bit of Raw. And I was always, I always caught the Orton segments either with Matt Hardy, with Beck Phoenix, or whatever. And they went on for the entire, like half the time I was in the gym was just the Randy Orton segment, just taking forever. It'd be like a 25 minute segment. And it's like, this just barreled on and just dragged and dragged. And there was a lot of good spots in it. Yeah. But it was just, but I thought it was really funny. Uh, they get into the gym, they get into the weight room, and they're fighting in the weight room, and then all of a sudden the lights turn on. So thank you for whoever turned on the lights. Uh, so these men who are beating helpful. each other up with weight equipment could see. 
so it's also good to know yeah it's, it's good to know that somebody over there's like oh hey you should probably turn on the house lights <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was, that was god forbid like either of these men in this career threatening last man standing match god forbid they get hurt yeah, like, I mean, they trip and fall. Uh, uh. And then, but then it was like, I laughed because there was like, nothing could stop these two except the pipe and drape for the places they weren't allowed to go into. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then they fight into that spot, like, before they get into the interview area, and there was, uh, and there was a whole lot of red lighting. Oh, yeah, I got I fiend like, flashbacks. I was like, I was, was like, the fiend about to jump out somewhere? I basically said, any way to get that red lighting incorporated into the show, huh? <laughs> these motherfuckers. <laughs> And their Somebody stupid like red light. Byron and Tom just aren't good at selling a match like this. This could have used the JR and King. Dude, they uh, fell asleep. Like, they, I honestly think they just... They they must... They, how could they... I mean, I was bored watching. How could they not have gotten bored watching? That was another thing. The commentary for this match sucked. They were, like, did. asleep. But there were some fun subtleties that they incorporated into this. Like, when they were in one of the backstage areas and one of the big crates... That uh, you know that they always throw people into one of those big black crates. Uh, one of the WWE, one of the things on the side said pre-tapes, mm-hmm. which I thought was a funny little gag. Like, oh hey, we know it's pre-taped. Uh, and then they go to leave the office area, and there's a door that has the IHOP logo on it. And I want to know where the IHOP drawer is. Maybe that's where the new gay kid all got pancakes. <laughs> they just have an IHOP in the performance center to just shuffle up pancakes whenever the new day need them. Dude, you are uh, making. All of the sense right now. Like, you are explaining my life to me as we speak. Like, But they actually had an IHOP door. <laughs> That's the thing. There was a door that had the IHOP logo on it. I want to know what's behind pancake door number one. <laughs> uh, uh, this is more entertaining than the match, not going to lie. That uh, door's <laughs> got juice, and juice always helps match. A cameraman died. Yes. Uh, the truck DDT was great, but I noticed that the back... Uh, the actual truck bed cover broke during mm. that DDT, so I have to assume that that truck was a Ford. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I'm going to make that call. And I, I used to own a Ford, so I understand. Tough times are tough, mate, but get a better truck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, whoever's that is. Dude, uh, you and, are, and, you're calling out sports teams. You're calling out truck manufacturers. I love it's this. Funny. It's funny because right after that, I looked so hard to find a logo on that truck and couldn't find it, which tells me that it was an owner that was ashamed of the brand that he bought, which means that it was a Ford driver. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Edge's back welts looked, all, looked brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the profanity he threw, the faces were brilliant with mm-hmm. a perfect finish. But And then the ref told nobody to ring the bell. Yeah. And then the bell rang. <laughs> 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 which was very odd oh man uh, <laughs> it's like ring the bell got it <laughs> and somebody rang the bell and uh this was super long but it was very well done i, I like the beginning i like the end they could have done uh, a little bit of the middle but all yeah. in all this was probably the most intense match of the whole weekend yeah i i enjoyed it it, it should have it should have been half as long yeah agreed agreed it, it, it went long uh, up next, we have the Street Profits defending the Raw Tag Team titles against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. These are Skyler's thoughts. Solid, fun tag team match between these two teams. Kind of disappointed, no Andrade. His title reign has been weird. Skyler, a lot of things lately have been weird, but... Uh, yeah, that's, that's what you're going to call out as weird? Yes. Um, Austin Theory is a future star of the, biz- of the business. Clearly, they think highly of him. 
Profits are a fun tag team. Belair, uh, Belair's uh, appearance popped me. Uh, that's a drop. Uh, would like her as a call-up. At this point, she should fight Becky for the title. There isn't anyone else. Uh, Rhea Ripley would like disagree to... Disagree with that. Rhea Ripley uh, disagrees with you, good sir. Um, Honestly, I didn't care about this match. I thought it was fine. This match would have been a sleeper if people were in the crowd. Yeah. I mean, um, everyone was working hard. It was like they're athletic. It was honestly, I was more entertained by Bianca Belair giving Zelina Vega the KOD. That was that was hilarious. But uh, yeah, that that was cool. I, I I'll not gonna lie, I missed most of this match because I decided that I was hungry and drunk. <laughs> Dude, I was and... on the phone with someone during this match, and like I was talking to my friend that I was talking to, and watching the show at the same time. And most of my attention was talking to my friend, talking about how weird the show was. Yeah, it, this match just, it wasn't going to do anything for me anyway. Uh, I don't really feel like I missed much uh, leaving this. I did see Montez Ford sell with this, like, ridiculous cross-eyed look. <laughs> I saw it too! And I was which, like... <laughs> which I thought would be a great meme, but yeah. also is some of the most phony, ridiculous selling I've ever seen in my life. The, the, dude, was, the dude went cross-eyed. <laughs> like, uh, Why? Was, yeah, Belair was kind, was nice there, I guess. Uh, I, I, I didn't care. Yeah, it was it was fine, but it was very much a TV match. And then a random Titus O'Neil appeared, and he would be valuable later. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before before the the highlight of our lives, uh, we have this match. Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's title against Naomi, Lacey Evans, Tamina, and Sasha Banks in a Fatal Five-Way elimination match. These are Skylar's notes. Thank God they got Tamina out first. I know, right? Naomi gone next? Sure. Sasha Banks? Really? Sasha Banks is 0-5 at WrestleMania. Fuck off Vince 9. Also, thankfully, Lacey didn't win. Seven. Yes, it is seven, Skylar. Uh, don't mind Bailey winning, but at this point, when the fuck are they gonna stop teasing us? Give us Bailey and Sasha, and get them fighting. That was the point. Yeah, that's what happened. Honestly, I, <laughs> I did not care about this match at all. I ideologically hate this idea because they do this to one of the two women's championships every damn WrestleMania, where they're like, "Oh, we got nothing. Let's just throw the whole women's roster in a match and just yeah. have them duke it out." I hate it. Every time they do it, I hate it. It's lazy. You could have a five-way women's match, but you couldn't have a sick triple threat tag team ladder match. <sighs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Are you accusing WWE of being inconsistent, Sean? I'm just saying. If you're going to cut corners, cut the right corners. This could have been down. You could have just narrowed this down to Bailey versus Naomi, and I would have been fine with that. Or Bailey versus Lacey again with Sasha in the corner, and done the same finish and been fine. I uh, I got nothing from this. It was it was fine. It was your regular five person. It was your regular elimination match. Nothing of note well, happened. I will admit, I was still making food. As, as the first part of this match began, because oh. I was kind of in and out of watching the screen. So I got back in when uh, Naomi came in and was and got eliminated. It was like that moment that Naomi was eliminated, I hopped back into this match. And then I was still on the Sasha, phone. 
and then Sasha crowd pandered, and that took me out of it. And then they did the picture in picture. I meant I meant to mention this before. They do the picture in picture, right, for the replays. If this is only being shown on the WWE Network, and you can rewind it any time you want, why do a picture in picture? I have no idea. What sense does that make to miss the part of the action to review what you've already did, especially with no one there? <laughs> It made no sense. If everyone's just watching this on the network, just avoid the picture-in-picture. Picture. But you can hear in the picture-in-picture picture, when they re-aired it, you can hear Michael Cole's commentary screaming over the match in the picture-in-picture picture, as he's also trying to commentate the live action. I'm so, Honestly, just hearing that makes me so happy I didn't really pay attention to this match. Because that just sounds infuriating. It was... Anything and wasn't gonna mean anything. So well, it it is a SmackDown Women's title. They don't they don't care about that title at all. It's it's all it's honestly the SmackDown Women's title is the lowest women's title in WWE in my opinion because they just don't care about it. Uh, They've done nothing with it. Well, they gave Bailey a, a, an emo haircut with it. That's about it. Um, up next. Uh, was the first time I, I ever did drugs, apparently. Uh, we had The Fiend versus John Cena in a Firefly Funhouse spectacle. See, that's, I, I'm I've, good, Me and you, catch. Sean, are on good the catch. same page. Yep. Um, the, this, these are Skylar's notes. In, in uh, all capital letters, bold, so you know he's serious. I am even more sports entertained. Uh, first thing, this was not a regular wrestling match, which is fine. The story they told was even better, but if this is not your thing, then I understand. John Cena and Bray Wyatt going through each other's history, emotions, path to this very moment was great. NWO Cena was a missed opportunity in real life. Loved the callback to CM Punk, and Cena doing the spot with the dumb the dumbbells was goofy Hulk Hogan fun. Good thing Wyatt won. He can now go after Braun Strowman for the title. If we do not get a reference of Braun Strowman as a rosebud at some point between these two in the future, I'm going to be so disappointed. Same here. Same here. Also, please, even more Lucha Underground matches, please. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, I'm about to confuse a lot of people. I did not like the bon I did not like the Boneyard match because I thought it was too hokey. I loved this. <laughs> I loved this segment. Okay, um, I'm going to, you think that your answer is controversial, mine is downright schizophrenic. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm going to first talk about this as an, a wrestling fan. Oh as dear. The old, as the old school wrestling fan in me, I despised everything that this match was. A, because as we discussed with the Boneyard match, this was a movie mm -hmm. uh, instead of things. So, you know, we've already discussed that. But also, here's the thing, right? You used all your old school things that have worked in the past, including the Hogan thing. And, uh, you know, you used all of these historical references, which I like when you tie in stories like that. However, you, you, you basically made a mockery of the wrestling business and all of your history that you've done in one fell swoop with one match. On your wrestling show, you've made fun of all of the people who you're supposed to take legitimately for ever doing something that with semblance of legitimacy and you've completely tarnished all the history of people believing in people and you've made a mockery of your own business on your face and it's not even the main event 
How the hell could you possibly think that you could get away with this and spit in the face of every single wrestler that's ever stepped foot in your wrestling company, Vince McMahon? Fuck you, Vince. Make it eight. <laughs> Honestly, but, looking at it but, that way... Okay, you have a butt. But. You have a nice butt. But anyway, continue. As... Thank you. Uh, <laughs> as... <laughs> This is this really is deteriorating. As as a man of entertainment, who to put away the semblance that this was wrestling at all, and that this is a wrestling show, but just remembering that this is just purely entertainment. This was phenomenal for someone who understood all the references. Oh yes, absolutely. But if but which I did. But if somebody who was not, who was trying to, you know, somebody who was not familiar with all those references was watching Mania for the first time here, they wouldn't get this match at all. Can you imagine all the little kids that watch this? I I think that they're going to remember it fondly, actually. <laughs> and this is what was interesting to me. Because, like, they did the Cena highlight reel. They did, they layered, what was 2002? They layered 18 years of history into this one segment. Mm-hmm. And did it in a way as far as, like, I love the thing with, like, don't make the same mistake uh, as you did at WrestleMania 30 uh, or whatever, 30, 30. Oh, yeah, it was 30. Yeah. Uh, don't make the same mistake. Cena then finally giving in to all that anger and just beating him down with the whole NWO thing, which is, of course, what everyone has been teasing that they've secretly wanted, although it wouldn't have worked, by the way. Uh, Cena joining the NWO, but I thought that was great. You know, still making reference to that, and then Wyatt finally putting the exclamation point on it and taking Cena out of the equation and coming out on top of this. All of this, and, and the Vince McMahon doll. Oh the, my god! The I such good shit reference. <laughs> he was like, "This is such good shit." I just about lost wait laughing so hard i was not expecting that i fell out of my bed laughing when that happened this this was legitimately fun and also i think this is one of the best ways that you could possibly have john cena on the show given his acting career Mm -hmm. because obviously taking bumps we would love to see john cena take bumps but this is a he's got a different life now yeah so i'm sure that he was much more susceptible and in agreeing to do something like this rather than a full-fledged match proper even though he probably would have done one Okay, I'm going. Uh, I'm going to explain because I I do think some people will be confused when I say I didn't like the boneyard match, but I did like this. Yes, this please is, do. This is the reason why. Okay, so the boneyard match and this were very similar. Oh, spectacle. I'm sorry. Uh, they were very similar. The main difference is the boneyard spectacle. Is it was wacky? It was hokey, but it was played as a serious thing. It was a turn your brain off type of thing, but they it was more serious. And it was a competitive thing. And I just couldn't get into it. This, on the other hand, this was so tongue-in-cheek. This was so full of references. It was... It, it, it absolutely was not competitive at all. This, honestly, wasn't... I wouldn't even call this... I would call this less of a match than uh, the Boneyard spectacle. Oh, absolutely. The Boneyard thing took itself seriously. To an extent. Yeah. This did not take itself seriously at all. I recognize that. Mark's wet dream. And I rolled with it. That's why I enjoyed this over the Boneyard match, because the Boneyard match took itself seriously, and I just did not like that. 
I, I could not take it seriously. This did not take itself seriously at all, and it worked for me. Well, this was, this was truly true smart fan service. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what it is. And here's, here's the point I really wanted to make with this match. I truly envision WWE in five years' time, or Hawaii, you know, depending on what this is, WWE, its main roster being a cinematic style show like this or like Lucha Underground, but pay on a much higher budgetary level that isn't nearly as low budget looking as Lucha Underground was, uh, but uses a lot more sets and cinema, but uses wrestling as its format while Triple H runs NXT, which becomes the main wrestling format, traditional wrestling format style show. And it may end up being WWE's best piece of business because a lot of these young wrestlers nowadays, because they only know WWE format is the thing to do, they may be so dissuaded by WWE transitioning to a cinematic actors using wrestling rather than wrestlers who act. There might be wrestlers out there who are so dissuaded by that that they want to return to a traditional serious style format, and we might actually get a traditional serious style format show down the road if this is the direction they choose to take. But um, I will say... I don't say, know how much I'd like that, but they're clearly not doing well with wrestling as it is, well, as traditional wrestling format. They, they have, in my opinion, they only have one thing to blame for that, and that is themselves and the way they book their shows. But that's a whole, that's, that's a whole nother can of worms. But uh, I very much enjoyed this. It was insane. I felt like I was on drugs. I was laughing the entire time. Uh, Bray Wyatt singing Nikki Bella's theme song was brilliant. I loved it. Uh, I just thought this was hysterical. It was. It was. It was honestly a comedy show, and I loved it. Uh, but as you said, we went from this insanity to another. Legitimate wrestling match. Yes, and and that's Jesus the other thing Christ. Too. You how 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 that are you supposed to recenter yourself and watch a wrestling show after you've just made and this is the wrestling fan of me talking again. Why would you then put pro wrestling that you want people to take seriously after making a mockery of the entire business that you've been promoting for fifty plus years? <laughs> this was... it doesn't make any sense. But Titus O'Neil's face. After this, after the Cena Wyatt spectacle made the show worth it alone. Honestly, this was the best thing he's done since the Titus World Slide. When Titus O'Neil just looked stunned, out at the, that made me laugh harder than anything the entire show. It was the funniest part of the weekend was Titus O'Neil's reaction to that funhouse. Just, re just wondering. What company am I working for right now? Yeah, it, it was, <laughs> Questioning it was his life choices. It was great. Um, but up next, we... we have our main event of WrestleMania 36. Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship. An actual world title in this company. Go screw yourself, uh, Universal Championship. I'm sorry. Uh, versus Drew McIntyre in our main event. These are Skylar's notes. See Goldberg and Braun Strowman. This is how you do a, fu a fucking five-minute car crash. It helps both McIntyre and Lesnar can move. Violence at its finest. The right guy won. Drew McIntyre is a star. I 100% agree. Uh, sad his moment could not happen in an arena full of people. I absolutely agree. agree. I, I very agree. much enjoyed this for what it was. This is what Braun and Goldberg should have been. This is what they 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 tried to be and failed. This was this a good was, version of it. 
the only this was basically Brock and Drew doing the Goldberg Braun match. Except and good. Just saying, hey, we're bigger stars, so And we can actually move. We can actually this, do things. This reminded me so much of WrestleMania thirty four with Brock and Reigns. The only thing missing was juice. <laughs> um and it was but it really was. It was three F fives and then four Claymores and that was it. And it showed that these types of matches don't work when there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. Because you're not getting the pops, which is the whole reason you do finish your heavy matches. Dude, can you Uh, imagine the reaction, if there was a big crowd there, can you imagine the reaction to Drew McIntyre kicking out of an F5 at 1? This would have have been so much better. The the stadium would have exploded. But this just final, was the final nail in the this may be a needed fan's coffin for me. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, this is the moment you should have had surrounded by cheering fans i was happy for the guy it was awesome to see him as wwe champion but man it is such it's it's a great thing but it also sucks because i promise you this is going to hurt his title reign (sighs) the fact that he had no fans here for it because i I was talking about this on the most recent podcast think about how sheamus's title reigns have all started Mm mm-hmm Sheamus started with getting the tables match victory over Cena, which was not much of a victory. That reign was minimalist, to be sure. Then he beat Daniel Bryan in 18 seconds. And that title reign was blah because the fans revolted against that. Then he beat Roman Reigns as the only, possibly the only guy who they didn't want to see beat Roman Reigns for the world title, the money in the bank cash-in. Bad title reign starts are how bad title reigns happen. And I feel bad for Drew, but they're going to look back negatively at this title reign because of this. Not going to lie. I feel bad for the guy. I I hope you're wrong, but I think you might be right. I it's and it's not Drew's fault, but this is how. But this is also how management's going to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, this might be his one shot, but because they decided to rush this mania. We're all going to be left thinking that his title reign and his world title victory are as such forgettable. And that's a shame. Yeah. And another thing, speaking of that, uh, well, kind of speaking of that, they aired a commercial for Money in the Bank at the end of May. We'll see what happens. Just, uh, couldn't, you couldn't do g- six people in a triple threat ladder match yesterday, but... Uh, yeah. My thing is, you got your WrestleMania. You were stubborn, you got WrestleMania. Stop. Just yeah, don't push your luck, guys. Off season. Off season. If there was ever a time to have an off season, it's now. It's now. Don't have money Let in the best. Like have Raw tonight, sure. But then just stop. Wait till this whole thing dies down and then come back. But that's not how he they do it. He can't help himself. He can't help himself. Vince McMahon will not be defeated. <laughs> Because this is a battle between Vince McMahon and nature. No, this is a he battle between. You know? Yes, <laughs> this is this is Vince McMahon versus God, round two. Uh, so my day two rating for this was a seven because this mat, this show was day two was way better than day one was. Day one was lot. super janky, and day two again it, it it had to compete with no crowd, which did it no favors. No. but it was much more consistent and solid. Than it night felt more one. like a wrestling show that mm-hmm. was okay without fans. Yeah, so. it, it flowed better, I guess. But um, this is Skyler's notes on night two. A much better night than night one, with the only things pissing me off are Charlotte winning and Sasha losing. 
But the key is, I was not mad because uh, of a bad match, unlike a certain Universal title match I could think of. Night 2 was much better, 8.5 out of 10. I think that's kind of a high rating? Yeah, it is. Um, but again, me personally, I, I'm not rating I'm not rating this WrestleMania, because I don't know how to. Uh, well, I gave it two rankings. Yeah. As a wrestling show, this was a four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> because I have to take points off for the, for the hokey cinematic movies and, as a wrestling show. Sean, and, does it... And the crappy finishes and no crowd. Does it surprise you... Does it surprise you that I liked the Funhouse uh, match, given my history? Not really. You're a big fan of clowns, and Bray Wyatt's just fantastic. Yeah, that's true. And lost. I, uh, I don't see how you couldn't have liked this. Oh, yeah. And, and, it, and <laughs> it had the... It had... it. They, they made this is such good shit canon in kayfabe, so I can't hate it. And yes, I do love evil clowns. So, all right. So, so this yeah. is this is Skyler's final review. Uh, while we question whether WWE should even be doing shows at this point, I enjoyed the entertainment and considering the circumstances, they were a welcome distraction from the real world problems going on right now. Some matches worked better than others, but thankfully this not on one nights uh, because eighteen matches would have sucked. I agree. Can you imagine one big eighteen match show? That would have been awful. I, th- that would have hurt. That would have been awful. That would have just hurt. I would have probably fallen asleep and watched it over two days. Uh, uh, Boneyard and Firefly matches being Lucha Underground-inspired matches were interesting, and wonder if WWE does more of this the longer this goes. Overall, he gives this a 7.5 out of 10. I think that's a little high and a little generous. I'm stunned, honestly. Uh, I yeah. like I liked more matches than I didn't, but I cannot give a higher score because with, while many of the matches were good to great, none of them were elite upper echelon matches, and the bad matches were really, really fucking bad. Uh, anyways, uh, that's all crowd dependent. Really. Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, anyways, thank you for reading my notes, and hopefully I can be on the next podcast. Fuck off, Vince. Ten. I think you mean nine, Skyler. Nine. That's right, because I gave you one. Yes, he gave you one. Sean. Sean is a generous man, and you you owe him your gratitude, Skyler. That's right. And and my final ranking for this was just as an entertainment spectacle, because it was it really was part of it was a wrestling show and part of it was entertainment. That got a six and a half. All right. Because there was entertaining things. Thank you, Skyler, for contributing. This is uh as always been. What a what, wow! What a yeah. WrestleMania! Yeah, I, uh, I honestly like this was the weirdest WrestleMania. I thought that uh, I thought that like well, what would WrestleMania? Was? I thought the WrestleMania. Remember the one we reviewed back in 2018? That was the weirdest WrestleMania ever. Back when Braun Strowman won a title with a ten-year-old. That was a yeah, weird was, show oh, too. Oh God, that's giving me gas. <laughs> Duh. It's been an hour and a half, Joshua. You can't give me gas. Dude, poor Braun Strowman. The only two titles he's ever won. He won a championship with a 10-year-old and then won the crappiest world title ever inside an empty arena, and no one liked the match. Poor Braun Strowman. Uh, This poor man. But thank you guys so much for listening to this very long review of a very long show. My lungs and throat hurt. I'm going to go drink something. Not alcohol. But I will drink something that is unhealthy. I will drink something very unhealthy. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace, y'all.